everybody. And welcome, welcome to the Macabre Podcast universe. universe. I'm Jordan. And I'm Micah. And we exist to prove people wrong when they say that sequels are never better than the originals. And we're covering the... Terminator series. Franchise. Oh, I thought we were going to go back and forth all the way on that. No. I and, didn't okay. get that signal. And the movie today we're covering is... Terminator. Salvation. <laughs> um, and we're... I, I'm just going to dive right in. Because we have to talk about the Mick G of it all. The director of this movie is a guy named Mick G. And but it just said MCG. Mick G. Yeah, I know. It just that's that's how you pronounce it. Okay. Okay. Um, Maybe and you don't put all capital letters. Well, sorry. Well, I think the the middle. It was the font. It was the font. Yeah, the middle C is actually it lowercase. It is when I'm looking at it right now. So he directs a bunch of music videos. And he's kind of, people know about him. He directs some videos by Korn, uh, Smash Mouth, and a few other bands. He Sugar also directed Ray. Charlie's Angels. I'm I'm going through his whole thing. I want to tell you about him. Hey, you've done this to me before. Don't look at him. Okay. Put your phone down. I'm telling you. Uh, so he's approached by Drew Barrymore, and she is like, "Hey, in do you- like 1990, what? I don't know. Okay." Later. But she says, um, do you want to direct Charlie's Angels? Because I'm impressed by your music videos. So he does that. It's a huge hit. And so they have him make the second movie. And then um, they give him the keys to the kingdom. He, so the, the reason I want to talk about him is this is one of those guys, and this happens every once in a while, where Hollywood just goes, oh, yeah, this is the guy. And they give him everything. Oh. And so they go, Mick G, you directed Charlie's Angels. Here's Superman 5. We want you to direct it. Which one's that one? That would... Does that have Michael Shannon in it? No, Superman 5 never gets made. Oh, okay. Okay, so... Um, I'm very unclear at all the Supermans. Yeah, there's like the four Christopher Reeves movies, and then they're like, okay, we're making another one. Superman 5, we want you to direct it. Oh. So, um, and then it doesn't happen, and he makes Charlie's Angels 2, which doesn't do as well. Okay. And then they're like, okay, we're making a different Superman movie. We scrapped the other Superman 5. We want you to do it. Doesn't happen. And then, um, but the, <laughs> and fears are fine. It's okay to have fears, and, and it's okay. I, I don't want to make fun of that, but it is kind of funny. So he's this big director, at, and he's given the keys to the kingdom of Superman. A big property. So... They spend around $15 million on pre-production. You know, they're like working on the stuff. They're going to make this movie. And then he drops out of the project because the project is going to film in Sydney and he's scared of flying. So Take he, a boat. He drops out. Take a cruise. Really? I feel like it's something more than that. that You're going to turn down a job because you... Take a boat. That's why he dropped out of the project. How? I guess maybe I, it must be a, like a, a severe intense phobia that I guess I just can't totally, I have a hard time sympathizing with. I mean, I, I understand being afraid of flying. I totally, totally, totally understand yeah. that. But if you're offered millions of dollars of a job, like I, I would figure out another way to get there. Yeah, absolutely. So that was like one of my big bombs I wanted to drop on you. There's some more, but that was the biggest one. Okay. I, I just think that's wild. So then um, he works on, he executive produces the show Supernatural. Yeah. And he directs the movie We Are Marshall. Yeah, I've seen that. It's got Matthew McConaughey. No, no, this, it has um, 
has that other guy that kind of l- looks like Matthew McConaughey. I can't remember his name, though. We are Marshall. Let's see what it is. Matthew McConaughey. It is? Yes. What am I... Th- oh, I, am I thinking of... um? What What's... There, there was another basketball movie that came out like around that same time. Glory Road. That's what and I was thinking of. This is not a basketball of. movie. It's a football movie. Have I never seen We Are Marshall then? You must not have because it's the Marshall University football team. And that's the plane crash. He directed a movie about a plane crash? <laughs> wait, 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 wait. What? How ironic is that? Is there anything more ironic? Is it like maybe he made it to face his fears? Uh, Did he make this movie? He did. What? This is crazier to me. I'm a little speechless. This is weird. It's very weird. Um, but it's got Anthony Mackie. Oh, cool. Anyway. So, okay. So, yes, we are Marshall. And then he's going to make, he's going to do a remake of Revenge of the Nerds. Because <laughs> everyone wants one? I guess. And um, so he's working on that, and then they start getting the dailies back for that movie, and they're like, "No, this <sighs> movie shut down," and they stop working on oh, it. No. And then I wanted to read this plot, this verbatim, because we've talked about Edgar Wright um, mm-hmm. on this podcast, mm-hmm. and this is an Edgar Wright thing. So on October thirtieth, two thousand seven, Fox approved a pilot for an American remake of the British cult show Spaced. Okay. Which is that show that him and Simon Pegg made, Edgar Wright and Simon Pegg. Okay. And um, with McGee serving as executive producer, even though Simon Pegg and fans were outraged at the prospect of having a remake without the original creator's involvement, nonetheless, the pilot written by Adam Barr was panned before its airing, resulting in Fox scrapping the series. So, and then there's a lot of other deals. And I'm just hitting the highlights. And then after Salvation, Terminator Salvation, he was going to do a remake of 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. And they got $10 million into pre-production. And then the studios were like, I'm not, we're going to have to what stop guy's deal? over creative concerns. And then he goes on to make one of, I would probably put it in my bottom five movies I've ever seen, This Means War, starring Chris uh-huh. Pine and Tom Hardy. A uh-huh. completely joyless movie. Uh-huh. Hated it. That was... Oh boy. So I wanted to present that because he's this guy that for some reason he has a really hard time actually finishing a movie. I don't even think it's that, but everyone is like, yeah, dude, it's McG. What do you want to work on? Uh, spaced, uh, revenge of the nerds. Like what are these, these don't even really have anything in common. And he's just like, oh yeah, Terminator. We, we he's our Terminator guy. He's our Charlie. Z- he's like, why is he like in the early 2000s the guy that all the studios Doesn't are like? Doesn't really sound like he is though. Mick G. Because he's gotten into pre production on several movies and they pull the plug. Well, yeah. It must be abundantly off. I'm surprised this movie came out. Surprised they gave him the green light for this movie. Yeah. So that's perplexing. That's the Mick G of it all. Huh. Kind of fascinating. Um, Very. And so now let's get a little bit more into this movie. So. The movie is written by John Brancato and Michael Ferris, who worked on the previous movie. And then the cinematographer, who we're going to have to talk about a little bit. His name is Shane Hurlbert. Hurlbutt. Hurl, <laughs> Hurl, Hurlbutt. Yeah, it's Shane. How do you spell it? 
<laughs> it's hurl it's, butt. <laughs> it's H U R L B U T. Hurl butt. Maybe hurl bit. Hurl, hurl but it's know. a U. Hurl butt. Um, but he he did the cinematography for Drumline, Mister Three Thousand, the greatest game ever played. We are Marshall, Semi Pro, Act of Valor, Need for Speed. Um, should we talk about him now or yeah. later? Okay. So before Terminator Salvation came out, this audio from the set leaked where Christian Bale was cussing out this cinematographer. You can look it up online. We're not going to include it in this podcast, but you can look it up. I mean, he's really berating this guy. And I think around this time, was this around the time that he he got like arrested for like assault? Sure. Yeah, more or less. I'm not sure. Yeah. Okay. It's, um, I mean, it's been a long time, so I I don't I don't really care to look it up. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Um. And so it's kind of like, man, this is not like it's not looking good for Christian Bale. Yeah. This this guy's kind of bad. You know. Yeah. Um. I was so disappointed when I found you? out about the assault on his family, or yeah. wife. Well, yeah, because he's Batman to us. Oh, I was so disappointed because he was also my like first big celebrity crush. You were so disappointed. Oh, yeah. It was. I, I, yeah. Yeah. In a way, it's devastating, you mm-hmm. know. Um, But uh, so I did a little research because I had heard on Blank Check that the cinematographer had been known to do this before. And what is the thing that he did? You didn't say that. Oh, right. So Christian Bale's yelling at him because during a scene where he's acting with Bryce Dallas Howard, he, um, Shane walks onto the set and starts looking at a light. Now, I had always heard it was like a boom operator. Until, Until today, I didn't realize it was the cinematographer. And a boom operator, I'm like, maybe it was an accident, like... Like he's like a newbie or something, but a cinematographer walking on set, that's insane to me that he would think that that was okay to do. Now in the clip, Christian Bale is obviously like verbally abusing the guy. Oh yeah. But at the same time, by all accounts, the the crew and cast say that the guy was doing that. He was like walking on the set like during this shoot like often. In this movie? In this movie. Oh. So, to me, it seems like, and we'll never really know, and I'm not necessarily justifying Christian Bale's he rocked, actions. He walked into the wrong scene, let's but he, say, because Christian Bale was on, on well, set. Well, I think at a certain point, Christian Bale's like, I'm not going to keep letting this guy walk on the set while I'm trying to act. Yeah. And he's like, do your job. Stand where you're supposed to stand and let me do my job. You're, like, ruining the shoot. Yeah. And and apparently it was, like, an emotional scene, too. So he's supposed to be, like, really oh, into yeah. this stuff. And yeah. then... This guy just walks onto the set, you know, with headphones on and like, you know, khaki pants or whatever. I just, I would have, I would love to be a fly on the wall. I wish there was video of it so bad. Yeah. But yeah, so that was a huge controversy. I remember I didn't pay attention to Terminator at all at that time. And I knew all about this instance. Yeah. Yeah. I think everyone did. It was everywhere. And I, I don't know if that contributes to it, but um, this movie didn't do super well. Hmm. And that maybe was part of it. People were kind of like, oh, brother. It's also a franchise where they need to stop making movies. Oh, interesting. Okay, so um, the music's by the great Danny Elfman. Yes. Do you want to say anything about Danny Elfman? Have we never covered him before in this podcast? 
I'm not sure if we have. I think we have, but he's great. I mean, just, even in the we were in the menu part of the DVD for this, it was like this is going to be a good score, and then we see Danny Elfman, and it's like that. Yeah, that makes a that lot tracks. of sense. It's a, the least Danny Elfman store score, if that makes sense. If anyone's yeah. familiar with Danny Elfman. It really was. Um, but it was good. I thought it was a great score, yeah. actually. Because um, I think Terminator 3 really was nothing to shake your finger at. But th- this Shake your finger at. <laughs> anyway. Well, uh, but this one felt like, oh, this is... Like, you could turn this on and listen to this. This is a good Very, score. Uh, I mean, he captured the epic part of it. Of yeah. A, of a big franchise. Yeah. Um, without copying Hans Zimmer as people are wont mm-hmm. to do um although this was before Inception came out so that might be part of it probably because 2010 on everyone's like hmm action all has to sound like this now yep uh the movie comes out May 21st 2009 and it cost 200 million dollars to make so it's the most expensive of the Terminator movies um and it makes 125 million domestically and 371 million worldwide. So that's, I mean, if you include like all the advertising they're doing, they're not making any money on and this. And for movie. a franchise, it should be making more money, yeah. even if it's not a good movie. Yeah. That's not, I mean, I think. That's one thing I've learned from this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, so now let's talk about how this got made. Um, originally. They were going to have the same actors who played John Connor uh-huh. and Catherine Brewster in this movie. Oh, okay. Um, for Terminator 4. But um, Arnold was in office by this time in California. Oh, okay. And so they're like, we're going to have to work around the whole Arnold not being there. Same same reason he's not involved in this movie. He's a I governor. Was, I was curious. Yeah. Um, and then in 2005, they announced that the actors are going to be recasted. Because it's going to be like much so further far down in the, in the future. future. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then there's a rights transfer from Vajna and Kasser. The aliens. To Halcyon Company, Halcyon Company, who hoped to start a new trilogy. So they were hoping this would be <sighs> like, okay, trilogy two of Terminator. Okay. And then there's a lot of rights stuff between MGM and Halcyon. I have no idea how to pronounce their name. Eventually, Halcyon gets the rights. And then there were other writers that helped polish the script, but they didn't get any credit. Uh, Paul Haggis, Sean Ryan, and Jonathan Nolan. What? And McGee s- s- says that Nolan is like, like the, wh- he, like pretty much like the reason the movie is the way it is. Wow. Okay. Um, which might be interesting. That's Christopher because Nolan's bro, if anyone doesn't know. My theory. I like Christopher Nolan, but my theory is he is his brother fixes all of his mistakes. Yeah. Because apparently there's some stuff on what the interstellar script would have been. And it sounds kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, like it doesn't have the heart and emotion that interstellar does. And I know Evan always contends that his script probably ended at, uh, Matthew McConaughey being out in space, but this other script had like aliens and then like going to another planet and there's all these aliens and all this craziness and stuff. So hmm. I think I think Chris made the right call. Um, and then the original, <laughs> this is so crazy. The original ending was to have John killed and his image kept alive by the resistance by grafting his skin 
onto Marcus's cybernetic body, and then Marcus would have then murdered Kate, Barnes, Kyle, and Star. Um, but the ending got leaked on the internet, so they changed it. Wait, so it was supposed to be a bad ending? I don't understand it. Yeah, Marcus would have murdered his wife. I, I yeah, I Kyle? guess. I don't get what that. Yeah, I don't get that ending. Yeah, that's bad. Um, well, maybe that would have been their whole jumping off for like a whole trilogy if everybody dies, you know. But um, the why ind- waste the whole movie on it? Just set it so far in the future that they're all dead. Sure, but um, the ending got leaked on the internet, so they changed it. Oh, bummer. That's why they changed it though, because it got leaked. Um, remember when Brian Cranston, what his car was broken into, and he had yes. like the last episode script of Breaking Bad. Yeah, that was a close one. That was breaking news. Yeah, but that was like only like a couple weeks before the it episode was. came out. It was. So it wasn't. I mean, if it leaked, it leaks. You know. If anyone uh, has some, you know, you want a good laugh, uh, you should look up um, an interview between Mark Ruffalo and Don Cheadle, right? About, <laughs> and then Mark Ruffalo just starts spoiling things. And it's like a press interview. Well, what, what and Don Cheadle gets pissed. He's like, I'm not saying anything. It's well, so funny. Mark Ruffalo, the, the, you know, the interviewer says something and he goes, oh, everybody dies in this one. <laughs> Because it was it was for it was Infinity Endgame. War. Oh, infin- yeah, right. And Don Cheadle goes, "No, what? Stop!" And kind of like hits him and gives him this and Mark, stern look. You can see Mark's like, "Oh wait, what?" Uh, he didn't realize he even said it. No, he didn't. He didn't. And then he said, "Oh, was that bad?" And, and then, Don Cheadle just gets that like, and he's "Dad, like, I'm not saying anything." Discipline. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> that's a that is a classic clip, and I'm glad that they didn't fire Mark Ruffalo. <laughs> I know. Um. So back to this though, Bale broke his hand during the movie, and then Mike Minertis doing what? Punching the DP. <laughs> Mike Minertis, um, who is a special effects technician, almost lost his leg when a manhole cover was blown, and it like severed his leg. <gasps> and I think he's fine. Is and that got during it. like the mine? The I would land guess mine so. Scene? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, uh, they really built that gas station and really blew it up. Cool. Um, and this was one of Stan Winston's last movies that he worked on, yeah. which is very cool because, you he know, started it, he started it. Yeah. Um, there was a scene in the movie. I'm going to give Mick G credit for this. There was a whole scene that had the girl and Marcus, like, it was like a sex scene uh-huh. and she's like topless uh-huh. in it. And he, he wanted it to be like this nice emotional scene between them. And he watched the footage and he's like, oh, this feels like a gratuitous topless scene. So he cut it. That's funny coming from the guy who directed Charlie's Angels. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's not a joke. It's still funny to me. <laughs> um, so the trilogy does not begin because Halcyon, the company, goes bankrupt. Oh. So they can't do any more. The rights go for sale in September 2009. Again. And that, that's where we'll leave the rights situation, and we're going to pick it up next week because the rights come back into play. Wait, the that happens Terminator. after the movie comes out? Yeah, so the movie comes out in 2009 uh, on in May, May, and then by September, the rights are for sale Jeez. for franchise. They were probably hoping this movie would save them. Yeah, I bet they were. Yeah. And then, um, 
yeah, we we have to do a bit of a Sam Worthington deep dive, but that's on your your. Well, we side, haven't so. talked about. Is this the first time you've seen this movie? Oh, uh, this was the first time I saw this movie. Yeah, this was my second time. This was the first Terminator movie I saw before any Terminator movie, and it was definitely a rental from. Was Blockbuster still around? Oh yeah. So it was a rental, and it was just kind of like a family movie night. And we would watch just such random movies. Uh-huh. That's how I saw some Saw movies. Just so random. Um, you saw Saw with your family? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Very weird. Um, and so biggest reason why we probably rented it, though, was because Christian Bale was in it. And oh, I yeah. wanted to watch it. And then not only that, Anton Yelchin's in it, which I... Would you have known who he was at the time? Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah. Okay. Um love anton yelchin uh so very i don't i don't know if i like knew he was in it until i was watching it and then i was really excited cool another crush for jordan (laughs) um and then i don't remember much about the movie just about christian bale sam worthington and anton and uh, there's water at one point (laughs) well i remember before we watched it i said i said a couple like a week or two before i go well i'm assuming christian bale is john connor and you said no he's not so that's how much you remembered from this movie. Oh, yeah. Because I, Christian Bale is John Connor in this movie. <laughs> I remembered Anton Yelchin was either John Connor or Kyle Reese. And I couldn't remember who to, who because um, when I saw the movie, I did not know anything about the series. So I'm just asking my dad questions the whole time. And I just know that John Connor and Kyle Reese meant something. Therefore, I couldn't remember who was who. Right. This isn't a great entry point to the franchise. I mean, in some ways it is because it it looks different and they're attempting to do something different, but it's still pretty reliant upon you knowing that at least being familiar with Terminator 1. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So When did the first Star Trek movie come out? 2009. I can't. It's like not showing up on IMDb at all. I'll find it. Don't worry. I just want to know if it came out before this movie. I think it would have come out like a month or two after this movie oh then what probably happened was like because i saw that movie in theaters saw anton yelchin and then i saw this movie on dvd that would make sense just trying to remember why i would know anton before that um okay so then yeah so we have christian bale did not think we would be covering him in this series for sure thought it would be in the dark knight trilogy when Mm -hmm. it would be the first time we covered him but here we are um yeah, Christian Bale is Batman, if no one knew that. He's also the Christopher Nolan Batman. And he's also in American Psycho, Vice, Ford v. Ferrari. He was in American Hustle, The Big Short. I mean, the guy is not so much out of the furnace. Really good performance. Yeah. Uh, did he win for The Fighter? Yes. Yeah, he won Best Supporting. Won Best Supporting for The Fighter. Yeah, he's been nominated a ton. But it looks like he is only one for the fighter in terms of Oscars. He's sort of one of those guys where it's like, if the movie's even remotely serious, he's going to get a nomination. Oh, yeah. You know? He's a Meryl Streep at this point. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Um, By the way, Star Trek came out like two weeks before Terminator. Okay. So. That's where it comes Yelchin from. Yelchin would have been ruling the box office. Yeah, I guess there's just so much I want to say about Christian Bale, but also. Go ahead. I don't I, do know, you know how much I talked about production. He's just really good. So huh, okay. I'll have more to say when we cover Batman. I thought he did really good in this movie. 
Yes. <laughs> I, I, and you I, know why it's easy to say that? Because of someone else in this movie. Well, okay. Can I just say, I think, yeah, I think Christian Bale is great. I think he, he does a, he's a like perfect casting. I think that John Connor has almost nothing to do in the movie. I agree with that 100%. It almost doesn't make sense that he's in the movie. It's, everyone has so little to do in the movie. Yeah. If you really think about it. Yeah. Um, okay. So also in this movie is Anton Yelchin. Like we said, uh, he is, what is the Chekhov in Star Trek? Love, love, love him in that. He's also in like crazy. He's in Green Room, a really crazy, insane slasher thriller. Great movie. Really good. I would say Green Room and another movie you're going to mention, and I'll point it out when you do. Um, those are two, like, if you want a nice Yelchin performance, watch those two movies Green Room and The Hearts in Atlantis. No, Thorough. Thoroughbreds. Yeah. His last movie. One of the last. One yeah. of the last movies because, if you don't know, he tragically died at the age of 27 when his car what? malfunctioned. We're as old as he was? That's... We're not 27. Oh, oh yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> um, I thought I was 27. I'm 26, yeah. It's kind of a relief to find out that I'm not 27. Mm -hmm. But uh, he, his car malfunctioned and drove into him and killed him. Yeah. Really, totally, really tragic. Totally accidental. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he's in Hearts in Atlantis with starring, um, also starring Anthony Hopkins. He's in Rememory, Supermansion, Ports, Rise. I mean, the, he's he was, I mean, he's been around since he was a kid, but he was really up and coming. He would have been one of the guys. Like, he would have been like right now uh -huh. had had he had he lived longer. Very sad. Yeah, and he's really good in this movie. I actually think oh, yeah. he's the best in this movie. Yeah. Um. Okay, and then we also have Moon Bloodgood, who plays Blair, the girl. Yes. Um, she was the gratuitous sex scene. Yes. From, from the deleted scenes. She's in Faster, The Sessions, NCI Los Angeles, Code Black. So a lot of TV shows, mostly TV shows. And Beautiful Boy, but it doesn't look like. And, and just say her name one more time for the audience. Moon Bloodgood. A lot of O's. Yeah. I like it. I six, like the name Moon. Six O's. She was born in Nebraska. Oh, poser. There's no Moon in Nebraska. <laughs> <laughs> oh, real. Her first name's Karina. Uh, I, I like. I like it. Karina's kind of a cool name too. And then Helena Bonham Carter is barely in this movie. Have we covered her? Uh, we did. Oh, in, in Harry, Harry Potter. Potter. Okay, but Helena. we love Helena Bonham Carter. Yes. I think she, her tone doesn't match the movie. But I don't I'm, know why she was in this movie. But I'm almost a little like, man, I kind of wish I would have seen that movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then Jada Grace, who plays Star, who was the, the mute girl. Yeah. The little girl. Adorable. She is in the Jada Grace show. She's got her own show. Whoa, Jada. In 2012. I looked her up. She is a... Um, discovered at a young age pop star i don't know if she is today her wikipedia okay. is really small so she might not be working anymore in that she's also in something called oh sorry oh sorry and then common is in this movie i guess we got to talk about common but he's barely in this movie too it's like why spend the money <laughs> i'm very confused about common and i would love to hear what the audience thinks of him because I cannot figure out if he is any good at acting. I think the working theory I have is that he can work occasionally when directors use him 
properly like in John Wick 2 and just say like just stand there and be mean. Um Is he mean in that movie? I thought they were friends. Yeah, but it's like he's a stoic guy who shows no emotion. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, it's John Wick. But um I think he's I think he's a bad actor, but I'm not convinced. And I I'm not Hey, Common, if you're listening, you're a great actor. But if you're not listening, I think he's bad. Okay. I have not seen him in enough to know. Yeah. Uh, he's in Wanted. You know. Maybe that's the key. I need to rewatch Breed Wanted. Reed Pratton's favorite movie, favorite James McAvoy movie. <laughs> uh, he's also in Suicide Squad, Selma, Smoking Aces, Ava, Princess Bride. Oh, the home movie that they did. Oh, which we talked about on our Lost World episode. We did. Yeah, remember Nick Turner told us like they remade Princess Bride, and we were like, "What are you talking about on Quibi?" <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Um, but yeah, he he's also in a lot. He does some voice acting too, but he's mostly known as a rapper. Yeah. And then um, Michael Ironside plays General Ashdown, who's in the submarine. Oh yeah. We were trying to figure out what he's in. Literally everything. Oh, okay. So I'll just leave it at that. Because I well, can I was, you tell me? A well, couple? I was never satisfied by looking through his filmography because oh. you know it's like, oh, I know I've seen this guy in a lot, but like, what's the one thing I'm thinking of? I could never find it. Oh, okay. Because he's definitely. Oh, you know what I'm thinking? Because I just watched this Community episode. Because you were like, he's got to be in an episode of Community, right? Yeah, he looked like a I community just guy. watched the one where their yam was smashed, and the, <clears throat> and Todd is on trial, and his uncle from the army comes and defends yeah, him that's not it's him. not him are you serious but it looks a lot like him and maybe we got to look at it just to make sure okay but it's not him because i i mean community's in my, not in his filmography in my brain it it definitely is him now that you mentioned Isn't it crazy it. it's crazy i also was like sure he was in a it's always sunny episode i don't know why he's not um <laughs> but he's in star trip starship troopers total recall the original Ah, scanners, that's Top Gun, where I know him from. Tin Can. Oh, Top Gun. Tom Clancy, uh, video game stuff. Hawaii Five O. This is us. The Cov- C- convent. The alienist. Knuckleball. The detectives. Should I keep going? No, you said you weren't even going to do one. So you I- said do it for you. Oh yeah, no, I know. I thought we yeah. Forgive me and continue. <sighs> Have we okay. talked about no? And okay. now. We end with Sam Worthington, who plays Marcus Wright. First of all. Yeah, he looks tired. <laughs> he also looks like I'm a dude. Um, okay, Sam Worthington is, he, he had a fun little run between now and 2012 or so. Although well, he is in stuff today. But let's just say he's in this movie. He's an avatar. He is the lead in Avatar. He is also in Clash of the Titans, Man on a Ledge. And those are his the, the four movies in his top filmography in IMDb. Yeah. That being said, it's just interesting to note he still is getting work, but not no but it's like where did he go at the same time? He's yeah, also so in the Shack and Hacksaw Ridge, Everest. I remember seeing that trailer for the Shack and it was like, who greenlit this movie? Yeah. So I want to talk about Sam Worthington. Um, unbeknownst, I didn't even realize I was doing this, but we watched Terminator Salvation yesterday, and then that evening I rewatched Avatar. So I, un, like on accident, had a Sam Worthington double feature. 
And side note, I used to not like Avatar. Rewatched it. It's a total masterpiece, and the movie rules. And Let's I don't know why going. I didn't like it. Um, we'll talk about it one day in full. Um, so I've heard you talk about it so much lately. I, that I know, I know, going. but I got to tell the audience. Sam Worthington, uh, and I was listening to Blank Check, their Avatar episode today. <sighs> and this is about Sam Worthington. Just, okay. And, oh, yeah, what do they think? And, well, they said, because they're kind of like, oh, boy, Sam Worthington, yuck, you know? But Griffin said, well, you know, they shot Avatar before they shot Salvation, before, like, all these other movies. And he, oh. he said, he said, I think what happened is people were like, oh, James Cameron hired this guy. He must be the guy. So all these people hired him. Griffin's because, such a genius. And I think they're He's right. He's too smart for his own good. <laughs> and Griffin, please come on the show. You're you're in our top three. We need you. Um, <laughs> Is David number two? And Scott's number one? Well, I think Griffin's my... He, Griffin's my alternate one and two with sure, Scott Ackerman. Sure. I think they share one and two just as... Um, just as uh, yeah, David's probably two. Just a solid two. Uh, anyway. You're just saying that to be nice. Oh, no. I want David <laughs> on this kidding. podcast so bad. Um, okay. So... But but he pointed that out, and I think he's right because you had this run. No, no, he's one hundred percent right. It was it's like, crazy. It's like Terminator, Avatar, Clash the, of the Titans was. They pushed that movie hard. They pushed it hard, and even Man on the Ledge they pushed hard. Man on the Ledge they pushed hard, and it was like this. They're basically saying like Tom Cruise scoot over. We got the new guy, and he is going to be in everything. And not only that, but he's bigger. And everyone's like, this guy kind of sucks. <laughs> I watched Man on a Ledge with uh, Shane in theaters. Uh, no, I think we. I think he like torrented it or okay. something like that. And we were no, actually, we did rent that movie. We were confounded at how horrible that movie was and how horrible he was in it. It was like I couldn't even reconcile. Remake? No, I don't think so. It's okay. it's this it's this weird movie. I'm, I'll see if I can remember. But he's he's a man on a ledge, and everyone thinks he's committing suicide. But he's secretly at the same time like pulling off a bank heist. He's, so he's distracting people. <laughs> yeah, and the whole mo- the movie is basically a bottle episode. Yeah, and and the whole so it costs nothing. Yeah, and and it's just kind of one of those movies where it's like don't think too hard, or you're gonna like none of this will make any sense. And it's really bad. And the thing about Sam Worthington is they hire him and they say, you're British, but we really want you to do an American accent. And for some reason, all the roles I've seen him in, there's no narrative reason that he's an American. No. Even in Avatar, I know everyone's American that's like in the military portion, but, but they, is, they never say they're, it's an American no, military. No, it's just intergalactic. So you can be literally anything. And he has the worst American accent ever. He, he talks and he's like, he's like, I'm there is scenes in this movie where it genuinely looks like they said okay for this scene this whole scene we want you to be british or no australia it kind of sounds or it's Australian. Like this, you know you've been banged up a little bit because you're a robot but like so you're not dead but you're dinged up a little bit in the head so your accent goes in and out yeah that's what it seems like but he does it the whole movie uh-huh. and and it's the weird thing where it's like but he didn't know, Micah. He didn't do it for the first 40 minutes of this movie but there were still words where it's like yeah there hi still i'm words. the terminator and you're like, what? But for like the good, at least good first act, no accent, no like totally traceable one. But what it was, this was the beginning, the the beginning of the snowball uh-huh. that ended up being an avalanche was it was early on in the movie. And he said something about, I have no idea. 
And it's like, <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. I mean, I know, I know uh, people say that on the East Coast. I know that. I know British people. Uh, that's like idea is a thing. But I just got to say, you never hear that in a movie. No. So, and so it's. Don't you don't say hear an it, American like, say it in a movie. No, I mean, you don't even hear, as far as I can remember, I could be totally wrong, someone from the East Coast of a movie that takes place in the East Coast say that. No. I could be wrong. I have not seen uh, Manchester by the Sea. <laughs> <laughs> but, so it, it was just like, that's weird choice. Yeah, it's 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 very weird. And um, a- another funny thing, speaking of accents, though, is if you listen to the Christian Bale rant tape, you know, he's... British, but he's yelling at this guy, but he's doing a movie where he has an American accent and his accent's going in and out while he's cussing out this guy and you can't help but kind of laugh while you're listening to it because some lines are like American and then the next line's like kind of British and yeah. then like American. It's anyway. like method acting is like barely hanging on. <laughs> yeah. But um, do you want to jump into the plot now? Sure. Or should we just... What do you think about this movie? Like basic overall before we digest it so when i first saw it enjoyed it enough Uh incredibly confused which is obvious this time seeing it i liked it leaps and bounds better than the last movie leaps and bounds Uh it was not i was not bored at any point um when you do really analyze the story it doesn't make any sense Uh, Mm -hmm. and it's not well written no sam worthington's character should not exist his character makes no sense to me and I when we finished the movie I was I was really trying to figure out I like I was reading the plot again cuz I was like did I miss something because yeah he serves no purpose in this but movie. But this is the obvious third movie to me. Yes, I agree with you on that. So like you get the first two and then it's like you've really I guess feel the need to make another one it has to be in the future. So it's like finally a movie set 100% in the future. Yeah. And I I think that the designs were really, really cool. I didn't think that, the designs were cool. That's really what carried the movie for me was all of the the robot stuff. And like we were talking about during the movie, the sounds that they make was like ASMR to me. <laughs> it yeah. it was just such a pleasing sound. Yeah. So that's what I think about the movie. Okay. For me, I, I can't quite put my finger on it, but I think I think it's like this is an hmm. No, I don't know. I, I feel like if you take Terminator out of it, it's a straight-up bad movie. But as a Terminator movie, it's not a good Terminator movie either. It's just okay. Um, And I am grading it against the first two movies, which are great. Uh-huh. But I think this movie, it has a central problem, and I, I can't figure out the solution to it yet. But And this is a prequel problem with prequels. When you go back, we've already seen what happens and i know we're technically in the future but the future is the past mm-hmm. in this series mm-hmm. so you know when you have a character like i always you know go back to star wars like anakin you know he's darth vader so you have to make it interesting and you have to provide tension and sometimes that's really hard to do mm-hmm. they attempt to do that with a love story with padme a lot of that doesn't work mm-hmm. but in this movie it's like how do you provide tension when we already know that Kyle Reese makes it through the um, portal and we already know that John Connor makes it through the portal or sends stuff through the portal? I like how they set it up. Like the that Kyle Reese is just floating around somewhere as a teenager. 
and this has all happened and he's just trying to survive. And, yeah. it, and like when we have watched the first Terminator, it, you know, we don't get any of that. It's just Kyle Reese has always been on John Connor's team. Uh-huh. So I, I like that it starts even before all of that. Yeah. And that's, that's decent. But what, but like, as we were getting toward the end of the movie, I realized like, I don't have any tension because I know everyone's going to be just fine. Um, and I think what I, what I think would fix this movie for me or fix a large portion of this movie is we needed a looper type scene where someone we know and love is killed, um, like in the past or something and they like disappear and so you see that there actually are consequences to this movie. Hmm. Yeah. So I, I can't I can't think of who it would be, but like if you had a scene where um Kyle Reese is killed or a Terminator goes back into the past and kills like baby Kyle Reese or something like that, and then you actually have like stakes because you're like, wait, that guy has to make it. But then you have to undo, you know, it does unlock a whole can of worms. But I feel like we needed that scene in Looper where that guy's running and he starts disappearing Mm -hmm. because in the past they're like killing him. And I think we needed something like that because um, I there's just no tension in this movie for me. And, And they try to put the tension on Sam Worthington's character, but he's not John Connor and he's not the Terminator. So I don't really care as a series viewer. And he's not good. So I never get invested in his character. Yeah. And also, I don't understand what they were doing with him. Yeah. I agree. So let's begin the movie. So right away, at the beginning of the movie, we see Sam Worthington, and he's in prison. Mm-hmm. And he's, he's on talking death row. to Helena Bonham Carter. And um, maybe it would make sense to just kind of talk through his whole thing. Okay aside from the movie itself because i'm still trying to parse out what it was so the idea was he donated his body to science yes okay but wasn't the idea as well that helena bonham carter worked for cyberdyne at the end of the movie we find out she worked Mm -hmm. for cyberdyne and they were trying to turn him into a terminator but keep his heart so that they could lure um, John Connor and Kyle Reese. That was their motivation. I mean, that's the twist you find out at the end, not in this scene. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm talking about the whole thing just because oh. I'm I'm trying to. I guess that that just doesn't well, make weird any is, sense to so me. So he's a robot, but he still has like a human heart. Still has a human brain. So he's yeah. still pretty much everything he is. But he does have like a chip in him because he pulls it out of him. Uh-huh. Um, and he his like bones are basically metal now. But it's not, it's like they didn't really program him to do anything. He like woke up and was confused. And I don't even know if they woke him up or because. So after, so when Christian Bale's introduced, they're like, it looks like they're pillaging like a Cyberdyne Skynet area. Yeah. Because they're saving people. And we see Sam Worthington like lying on a thing, Uh like like a sleeper, not. Like like he's in like a prison cell, right? Basically, no, he's not. He's just laying down like on a thing. Okay, I think I just from my memory, like he's just waiting to for someone to push a button, and then like there's a bomb that went off. Yeah, and I wonder if that woke him up. Yeah, because it seems like their whole plan uh, is based on 
Christian Bale infiltrating that base to allow people to run free and somehow trigger him to awake, right? And then him luring Christian Bale and Kyle Reese into the final place at the end. And the whole reason they have to prove that is he has to have a, a heart for them to What's prove. weird is there is... Okay. The, first of all, that doesn't make sense. Second of all... <laughs> yeah. That, that doesn't like... They, they just... It was so poorly executed because he wakes up and he's immediately like basically a guy in a coat. He's Rip Van Winkle. He wakes up and he's yeah. like, what's going on? And he happens, he just happens to meet some kid who is uh, Kyle Reese. Uh-huh. And they're and they're basically staying together because they can help each other. And then you also learn like Sam Worthington like knows some survival skills that Kyle doesn't. But yeah. because Sam's been asleep this whole time, he's you know, he doesn't know what ha- he doesn't know what happened. Right. So he believes that he like still has I'm assuming family. I guess. Yeah. But I guess maybe the whole it, they alluded to it cuz remember he was like I got to go north. I got some some uh-huh. someone I have to find and I just assumed that was like family. But maybe that was his he was programmed to go north, but they just played it off so they were trying to do it subtly and they did it so subtly that it didn't mean anything. Yeah, and and it is one of these things where, you know, at the end when he's getting revealed the information, first of all, the way they doled it out, maybe I was being stupid or not paying attention, but I did not understand what what the implications were of of that twist. And then it's one of those twists that you, you know, it's not the Fight Club twist where he is, you know, one person instead of two, and then you go, whoa, this changes everything. Yeah. It's it's one of those weird twists that happens every probably every year in some thriller where you go, well, that doesn't really mean anything. It doesn't change anything no, or it's such a bummer to a movie at all. Because like to have a premise where you a death row inmate like donates his body to science and he doesn't even know what it is. Like that's a pretty cool premise. I'm literally reading that right now in the passage. That's what it is. Yeah, it's uh, a like, really cool idea. And what I like what the book's doing, and I'm not spoiling anything. But like one of the characters, you know, he was on death row and he still hadn't come to terms with what happened and what he did or didn't do. Uh-huh. And he he's like trying to figure that out. This movie, I think if they had done that, something similar to that, his character would have been so much more compelling. Yeah. Because there's some throwaway line about how police officers and his brother ended up dying. So you're like, okay, maybe he killed all of them, but I don't know if he did it out of you know i don't know if he deserves to be on death row or not and they didn't make a stance one way or the other so at the end of the movie when he gives christian bale his heart you know it's Mm -hmm. it's supposed to be this big redemptive thing but he was never technically a bad person no so there's no redeeming quality in that it's like yeah i guess why wouldn't you or i don't know yeah you're kind of dead already ish yeah yeah i almost think like a a right away just quick fix already is don't don't make him make him do all the stuff he does in the movie but when he shows up and they capture him they don't know he's a terminator mm-hmm. they can't figure that out for some reason because he's got a beating heart you know that yeah. kind of a thing and then there's a moment in the movie where his eyes turn red and he like stabs john connor or something like that and he had no idea because the whole movie, every time they say, hey, you're a Terminator, he goes, 
No, I mean I am, but I, I'm I'm not that way. Is and it- he he never makes a decision to do anything bad. So if there was a point where his brain flicked off because he was programmed, and then he just started killing people, that yeah. would have been just right away a much easier movie. A way I like to look at it too that kind of makes sense in my brain because so at this point in the movie, um, Kyle Reese has not been sent back to the past yet. Yeah, which means Arnold has not not been sent back to the past either yeah but we do see his terminator robots roaming around like they're being used yeah and it's you know it's pretty much alluded to in the first movie that's the biggest thing that they've done so far is create these t1s mm-hmm. sam worthington is much more it, it, to me it's a more oh, accelerated version that's of that interesting because point. he's more human than robot which means he's more uh he can deceive people much easier than mm-hmm. Arnold. So it's like, I, I'm like, okay, so maybe he just woke up by accident and they weren't ready for him yet. Because the next movie we have Robert Patrick and he's an elevated version. He's an updated version of Arnold and that makes sense. But yeah. if we're, if you're going by this movie's logic to where none of that's happened yet, technically, uh, and this guy is like roaming around, he should have been the one sent back. Right. And, if, right, exactly. It and, doesn't and make sense. Maybe... Maybe a fix for this movie would have been, and I think you kind of alluded to this earlier in this episode, but instead of it being leading up to the Terminator 1 time travel, if it was after the T-1000 had been sent, like this movie was past that and Mm -hmm. Cyberdyne was destroyed, Mm -hmm. like it kept in with the thing, but maybe there's like a group of robots that still kept their um their um uh, on an uh, autonomous system yeah l- you know ready to go and so then you could maybe do something about humans and robots or something like that but this human melding with the robot thing is kind of out of left field a little bit yeah and it never pays off they i mean they attempt to pay it's just it off. not satisfying no it's not satisfying at all it's very weird so we see that whole thing. We've talked about the the you know him being in prison, then the raid, and them getting out. So let's talk about um, how Connor is not the leader of the human army at this point in time. He's known as a prophet that some people believe and don't believe. I like that idea. Mm-hmm. I wish they had done something with that because mm-hmm. they 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 did that in an opening crawl that some people call him a false prophet. But the people at the gas station didn't really believe in him, right? Didn't they make some, like, comments about him? I don't remember. That sounds right. It seemed like, you know, they were they're doing their own. They were just trying to survive. But it was sort of funny, and, and I guess in a way I'm kind of glad they didn't do this because it, it's so expected. But the, the leader of the army, who is in that community episode, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, the Michael Ironside, I was thinking after that, Crawl had said, you know, false prophets, that he was going to be so anti anything that John Connor tried to do in the whole movie. And for the most part, he was pretty agreeable with them until like like one scene at the end. Yeah, but it it was kind of like he was a good captain, you know, because it's like you say a lot of weird stuff, but you are a good lieutenant. So (laughs) yeah, yeah. I am going to give you the job. Which I kind of liked because I was just expecting it to be kind of a drag where they have a power struggle, which, you know, I've seen a thousand times. Yeah. But at the same time, it was funny that they said the whole false prophet thing, and then they never really did anything about that. No, not really. And maybe, maybe I wonder if some of these complaints have to do with the fact that they were going to make two more, 
and hmm. this was going to be a planned trilogy, you yeah. know? Yeah. Like maybe they're planting seeds. Yeah. Um, so then um, Sam Worthington meets Anton Yelchin and the little girl, mm-hmm. and that's when they meet up. And um, I like this scene. I like they, yeah. he tells them like, or they, you know, they're getting hunted by certain robots and um, Kyle's telling him what they are. Right. So it's like some fun world building. Uh, didn't mention earlier, this movie is so ugly. And I know part of like it was color the, palette. It was awful. Yeah. It's just that concrete. Yeah. And it made everyone's teeth look really white. <laughs> which it, it just accentuated the the feature that a lot of productions i guess don't care to go that far yeah we're in a dystopian it, world but no yellow teeth please yeah it's just it's funny but um like the world building um we yeah introduced to kyle reese and the girl is awesome yeah and and What's really cool that they totally nailed in this movie is all of the alternate T models that are, mm-hmm. you know, there's that scene where there are the people who've been taken captive and they're getting put in a kind of a prison camp. And there's this really lunky looking T model that is bigger than Arnold and doesn't look as sleek as he turns out to be. And there's this moment where you look at that and you go, oh yeah, that's they're almost to that model. Oh, do you mean Arnold. the one that was like when they were in the city? Yeah, and it had that the one, Gatling gun. It was crazy good motion it capturing. It was cool. It was so cool. Well, some of a lot of them were real. Cool. I think that that one was one of the real ones. But I think they added a little bit to it. Oh yes, sure. Okay. It was crazy. Um, and you know, a thought that struck me as we were watching it is, I thought, is this the first and only example of a prequel movie that takes place after the other movies because this is technically a prequel but it's in the future yeah just because he can doesn't mean he should but well i know i think that's kind of an interesting thing jeez jordan um so then um it's very funny sam worthington goes up to a car and it's his brother's old car which I'm confused oh, about that. That's no, 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 no. I don't think so. I don't think so. Unless he said that, but he was fixing up a car, and uh, I think a Soundgarden so- song like turned on Which, when the car. Why did they running. play that song? It was so. I know we're not in 2001. It should have been but, like a Willie Nelson song or something like acoustic or weird. Uh, but playing like a rock, like grungy song, very McGee of the movie. I'll yeah. tell you that much. But. I think it was like a coincidence that the song was playing. And it, oh, I, that's okay. how I, I guess if it was his brother's car, that is outrageous <laughs> to me. I think it was just a coincidence. Okay. Okay. I, th- so he, I thought that, but, but the reason, I mean, it, it's important that the song plays cause that's how the little flying Terminator thing finds them Yeah, because of, because of the noise. So yeah, the little hunter killer robot hunter killer. So they're running away from that. And that's when it identifies Kyle Reese, which is on like the hit list. Yeah. Um, so that, that part's all really cool. The, yeah, the, the some of the action in this movie is pretty decent. Yeah. Pretty like much this, this whole part of the movie is like the best part. Yeah. This chunk was when I was thinking, Oh, okay. I'm going to really like this movie. Yeah. And then, it was when they got into the Cyberdyne place that I kind of thought, oh, this movie lost me. It's like, oh, they're starting to explain it. Um, but but they have these these motorcycles 
that that came off of a bigger one, and the bigger one made some of the coolest noises I've ever heard. Oh yeah, and they and and then they go to this gas station, they find other survivors, but then they're ambushed. Mm-hmm. I like how they give the little girl food, and yeah. it's it's all it's like a carrot. It's like carrots and uh, you know lettuce. Yeah, you know it's it's not oreos or something like mm-hmm. that um i thought that was a cool touch which you know what's interesting about that which it, it means that a, a world that's been laid waste by radioactivity could things grow well, maybe I, in a controlled environment because they were underground yeah well and i i think that's maybe the, oreos would be the only things that were left <laughs> well i think that's the cool that's what i liked about it was um it's a symbol of hope yeah and to me when i see that as a viewer who can get carrots anytime i want i i'm not very impressed but then when you think about it in the context of the world that's probably as the equivalent to gold right Uh now you know yeah um but they find them and then they're attacked by this huge robot yeah this guy's big yeah and it's a cool design and other robots come off of it and they do a pretty solid one shot where they're running away and there are some cuts in it, but it's a pretty decent one shot. Um, the entire gas station explodes. Mm-hmm. They're able to get away. They get to this bridge, and then there's kind of another big fight, mm-hmm. and then they're all captured. Mm-hmm. Well, um, Sam Worthington tries getting him out, but he falls into the river. Yes. So, and he, Kyle Reese and uh, the girl are are taken away. Yeah. And I guess I was going to complain about this, but now that we know he's a robot, because I didn't know at the beginning. That he's getting thrown around and everything. Well, and he skips across the water so hard. Yeah. And I thought, that is blowing your body apart. But he's a robot. He's a robot. Okay. Uh, yeah. You know. Um, I don't... I knew you were going to have opinion, opinion, an opinion about it. it. Until the twist. Yeah. Like, yeah. I knew it was like, oh, he's going to talk about that. It Like, if it didn't go where it was going to go, he would have talked about it. But it, well, and it, it also it looked pretty wild and kind of like barrel barrel scene from Hobbit, kind of goofy uh-huh. when he hits the water. I think it's water. just they're showing you like no one would survive that. Yeah, as you're just supposed to be confused. Yeah. So when when it happened, I thought, oh oh boy. Mm-hmm. But then um, we have that whole sequence where John Connor and Bryce Dallas Howard, who's His kind wife. of randomly in this movie, uh-huh. um, and she doesn't have the same hair color she had. The in Terminator 3. color graded. Wait, what? Well, because in Terminator 3, that character has blonde hair. No, she doesn't. She doesn't? She has red hair. She does? Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. I, I think, I'm just thinking uh, what's of Claire her name Danes. has blonde hair, but oh, okay. no, she has red hair. And could, cool they, you. could they have chosen two actresses that look more different? <laughs> just genuinely didn't care even a little bit. Yeah. I I, I mean, this is pretty much them rebooting a series. It's been so it is, long. It so. is, yeah. And that's such a it's, she, it says to be on. She's called Kate Connor, too. Like, if you haven't even seen the other one, like, you would just think, okay, that's his wife. Who cares yeah. who it really is? Which is what I kind of choose to believe. Right. And she's pregnant. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's kind of I, a... I like that touch. I like that touch. It's sort of a thankless role. I mean, you could put oh, anyone yeah. in that role for what it's they're given. I think it's more uh, important to see that well one he has a wife so he's a human <laughs> yeah you know it just gives more humanity to john connor and that she's pregnant yeah i mean she is just being there as a woman to be a woman right um and then sam worthington meets uh moon Bloodgood mm-hmm. and uh blair blair yeah she was um fighting off the thing that took kyle reese and the girl 
And then she had to eject from her jet and she got caught in like a cell tower thing. Yeah. And that's when, you know, they, they have to get together for body heat and there's well before that some so they, passion a little bit hinted at. They go to this, I guess, like another gas station or something and she's like tending to a wound and then there's like a really weird cut where now she's suddenly surrounded by men. And she... And she and it, yeah. It's weird. It was very bad editing. Yeah, and it's like, oh, edit. there are five other people here now. Yeah. And there are no like watching people slowly walk up or I don't know. Well, and and yeah, I think they were trying to show that time passed, but the it was the same time of day. And, it was just but dark. she just randomly when 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 the cut happens, she's just wearing she's not wearing a coat. So mm-hmm. it's like that's them signifying time has passed and she she's let her go. Continuing guard down. to tend the wound. <laughs> yeah. Um so these guys are, you know, they're mean and a rough house. And she, they also see that she has antibiotics, which is, of course, really valuable. Um, so she starts trying to fight them off, and then Sam comes and saves her. Yeah. Then the body heat thing. Then they cuddle up, and then they go back to the human place, the human uh, uh, base. Mm-hmm. And there's a minefield, but it's only set up to a- attract metal mm-hmm. or, you know, cy- cybernetic things. And... I, I do I think like the this. reveal's pretty cool yeah. where he's walking and then a mine hits him. Her reaction was really good. Yeah. And then it starts exploding and then we see... They're like carting him in. Yeah. You know, he's really bloody. So it's like really confusing and he's about to probably die or something. But no, probably not really. I yeah, which again could have been maybe an interesting thing. Uh-huh. But it doesn't... It doesn't never it doesn't pay off so it doesn't but work i do like in the scene so they put him on the table and uh bryce is like starting to do what she needs to do as a doctor and she sees you, you like i her reaction was really good too yes when she looks down at him because we're looking it's his pov um and everyone else is looking at him and then they knock him out yeah i i like that stuff yeah yeah but yeah so then he's like chained up now and john's like asking him questions that he doesn't know the answer to and john is not convinced that he's not a terminator and he mm-hmm. he's doing the whole where's rachel uh, it's the same <laughs> same like uh exact pitch and delivery where he's going where what are you doing <laughs> yeah um and then moon Bloodgood cuts him free and they escape Unless you, I'm skipping stuff. I don't think I. I mean, am. he realizes he's a robot. That's kind of a big deal. Yeah. And and the set is actually pretty cool. And he does look cool because he's all ripped open. This and scene in very particular, metal. he can't pick a lane with the accent. Oh my god! This is where it really is point of no return. And I'm just like, oh, he got hurt. It's all malfunctioned now. Um, meanwhile, during all of this, I think you're giving it way too much credit. I'm just trying. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> um, Kyle Reese. And the girl, I think her name's like Star or something in the movie. I can't remember. But meanwhile, they're being transported to Skynet or a location of Skynet. Yeah. And um, you you see like, the, you know, they get there. The doors are open. The whole time, like people are panicking. And Kyle Reese is trying to like, I don't know, be some kind of a leader of like calming people down. Um, so they get out and you see it's just like sheep to the slaughter. You don't like really know what's like what happens yeah. to the humans. They're probably just going to be put in another cage or something. Um, but yeah, so he's trying to basically formulate a plan. But then one of the robots sees it's him. And I can't remember what happens after that. It might have cut. It probably cuts I after that. So. Yeah, I think it does. Um, 
also, I forgot to mention, um, there's one shot at the very beginning of this movie where Terry Crews is in it. And oh, it's yeah. just one shot. Did we confirm that? Um, I will confirm. As long as you um, talk about um, how the, the water monsters. Because then they're... Okay, so yeah. Blair gets Sam Worthington out and they're going they're running through the minefield again this is also another cool um like staged one shot that's not a real one shot but they're tracking them they're shooting at them they're trying to stop them because you know he is the enemy and um they're trying to figure out a way out they the car they're trying to get to gets blown up then she gets shot and then she is like wearing his jacket to decoy as he runs away Meanwhile, John gets in a helicopter with some other dudes to try and track him down. It doesn't seem safe to me to get into a helicopter and fly this low where all these trees are to try and track one person down. Yeah. doesn't seem effective. Maybe get a motorcycle. I don't know. Well, I guess not because of the minefield. I don't know. It doesn't really make sense to me. But the motor, the helicopter crashes and there's a bunch of like Terminator uh, snake monsters in the water. And those things are cool. Sure. I, I like their design and yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's just like, sure, whatever. I mean, have the, as much as you want to lay on, I'm liking all of the designs yeah. of all these things. Um, um, I can confirm it is Terry Crews. That's wild. I wonder if he had a bigger role and it was cut because even yeah. then he was, people knew who that was. Well, because I was looking through and he'd, he'd been in a few of like the Sandler movies where he's kind of, uh-huh. you know, like yep. bench warmers and click and uh-huh. stuff. And then he'd been in some TV he he had done some stuff enough to warrant not just a dead guy that you see two seconds. I'm sure. Of. I'm sure he got cut. Yeah, there has to be like a scene where he's fighting for a while. I, at first, I was like, "Ooh, they're gonna like get his body and turn him into a Terminator." Yeah, I thought they were gonna do and something like that too. Yeah. Um. But uh, yeah, he's just dead. Whatever. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> um. Bummer. Honestly. But uh. Okay. So. Kyle. No. John Connor's trying to find Sam still. And then Sam comes out of the water. They sh- exchange words. What do they talk about? I don't know. He's like, I'm going to go shut Skynet down. Yeah. And, oh, well, the whole they thing. say that they're going to help. He, and he's going to, well, by the Cyberdyne thing, he's going to lure Christian Bale in so that they can kill John Connor. <laughs> Whatever. But, but, but he genuinely wants to help him get there. And John Connor does learn that Kyle Reese is there and he has yes. to prevent Kyle Reese from getting killed because if he dies, John Connor ceases to exist. Yeah. Because he hasn't right. impregnated his mom yet. <laughs> um, also, they have um, they, they have figured out a way to destroy the s- machines, which is using a frequency mm-hmm. that that prevents them from working and mouth and they malfunction. Why they don't use it later? Like, Do they not I use it at the end of the movie? Used, no, I think yeah. Like in the fight scene, I don't remember them using it. They just use they like blew up everything at the end. Yeah, and they just did the old like the um, guy like magma the, and then nitrogen thing yeah, again. Yeah, they did the same thing, and then the Terminator stabs Christian Bale through the heart. And <laughs> yeah. it's like I don't know, maybe I don't know, I don't know. Too much, too much is going on in this movie, and none of it makes sense. Yeah, and there's some cool stuff, and it's just a, it's one of those sci-fi things where it's a big bummer because they had a lot of really good ideas and they could not deliver. It's classic situation of that. Yeah, but so John Connor and Sam Worthington go to skynet john connor's uh hacking himself in frees the people is trying to find kyle kyle's still locked in his cell Uh and then meanwhile sam worthington makes it back and he 
I don't know if you want to say it captured or what. He like wakes up on a table. I don't know. And then Helena Bonham Carter's back on a screen and she tells him everything. Like this is all what's been going on. And at the end of it, you're like, what did we learn? Yeah. And it also changes faces and it says, I can be, I can trick you in so many different ways. I can be John Connor and stuff. And I just don't, I don't think it was to trick him. I think it was whatever made him most comfortable or yeah. What, but whatever it was, it was just, I'm sitting there going, what are they talking about? They shouldn't about? have done that because it was like so distracting. Cause I couldn't like focus on what they were saying. Cause the faces kept changing and the voices kept changing. And it's yeah. like, what happened? But that's what we find out. Like we've been talking about the whole movie. I guess this was all some divine plan to get Sam Worthington to lure them sense. in. Yeah. I, I think that if you took him out, this probably all would have happened anyway. It's not like Kyle Reese was doing great out in the world. Yeah, I mean... The, what, it was, he was just basically trying to survive, and he mentioned, like, you can't get into the resistance, like, you have to earn it. So it's like, okay, so he doesn't really seem like he, like, thinks that he can do it right now, so he's just going to survive until maybe he dies. That's, like, really what was going on. Yeah, and also, it sort of doesn't... I mean, if there's not a lot of humans left, are you really going to make people earn joining the military if they want to be in it? Come on. No, I don't think so. That's kind of bad world building. Yeah. But, um, so... It, yeah, that doesn't make sense. Then there's the big fight. And then let's talk about the the elephant in the room, the Austrian elephant in the room. Arnold Schwarzenegger comes out. A CGI'd version. CGI'd. A very funny thing, and I did not confirm this, but I wonder if there's like some weird contractual thing or something. But I was looking up a video on how they did it. Yeah. And they said, yeah, we had this bodybuilder who has the same type stand in. And every shot they showed from the set had his face uh, covered by something. So you couldn't see the other actor. Wait, but we saw his face. So... You, you get the reveal and then you don't see his face again? No, no. On the So they hired another bodybuilder yeah. so that they could see, like, use his face for reference, put Arnold Schwarzenegger's face on his face. But when I'm looking at the making of behind the scenes... You know, the camera's behind the camera, and they always make sure that everything they're showing, the actor who plays Arnold Schwarzenegger, his face can't be seen. And so, in the behind the scenes, they were doing that? Yeah. Like, were they blurring it, or was there just something in front of no, them? No, they would all, and there were a bunch of different shots, and his face was always covered by something. Is like this because a camera they or didn't want this to leak? And they I, like, but were they taught? What? I I feel like it's some weird thing where maybe there's something in the contract where like Arnold is Arnold and you're not allowed to mess with him or something. I don't know. That's a total guess. I don't know. But I thought it was weird that they're not like, oh, yeah, it was this guy, Mark Heimdale, and this is him right here. And he can go, hey, I was the stand-in. Because they're, they're going and they're discussing like how they did it and Wait, all so that Wait, so they're talking stuff. about stand-ins. Yeah, but they're not showing the guy's face or saying what his name is, that which I think is him. really odd. Yeah. Um, maybe I could look it up, but it was kind of weird. Hmm. Um, I think the CG's okay on For his face. For 2009, not bad. For 2009, not bad. It looks like a young Arnold. And it is one of those things, though. Arnold is one of those guys where he is so charismatic that even though in these movies he is supposed to be, you know, a machine, even just a CG version of that is so disappointing to me. Charismatic? Charismatic. You think he's charismatic in his Terminator performance? No, I just said he's so charismatic, even though in... in well, yes, yes. I mean, maybe I'm not describing charismatic. What do you think charismatic means? 
Well, okay. Ugh. He's not emotional. No, I'm uh, I'm just saying it's it's to replace Arnold Schwarzenegger with a fake Arnold Schwarzenegger. He just has so much life in him and he is that character that it is so disappointing to see not him as that character. Yes. I find it like completely distracting and it totally takes me out of the movie because yeah. you just go oh yeah i wish he would have been in this yeah i thought at first when they were revealing sam worthington stuff like they were revealing that he was the terminator and you know they just recap you know it's like this is it oh and it's like, that would have been crazy i don't understand i mean it wouldn't make sense because the makeup of him is completely it would be rewriting the first movie because uh-huh. it would be he's a completely different robot yeah but i thought that's what they were saying and i think that goes back to he shouldn't be built yet or he shouldn't he should still be back in like his cryogenic sleep phase. Yeah. I, because he's yeah. too advanced, technically. Technically. I think the timeline works for me, but I think you bring up a good point though, and you might be right. Just because this movie is technically in the past. Yeah. In relation to the other two movies. Well, it's it's sort of like the Ip Man Bruce Lee thing where where it, you just go, just don't have him in the movie. You yeah. can't hire him. There's no need to have him in this movie. I know that p- people would complain, but I'm sure people were not satisfied by that appearance. I know. So if you're, not, if you're, they're like screaming for it, but you know you can't deliver it, then don't deliver it. Yeah. Don't even try. Just try to make your own thing. Yeah. But I will say they did do a kind of a good job of like you, you see him, you know it's him, and then they blow off his face. They so like that melt they don't his skin. To, yeah. yeah. That's smart that. that they did that. Um. So yeah, he's he's going around and they're fighting and uh. John finds Kyle. Mm-hmm. So they're trying to get the, them out. And then there's a fight. Like we said, he gets melted with the steel and then he gets frozen. And then we see how John gets a scar because he scratches his face. And then... Which is... I think it's okay, but like you said when we were watching it, there, we really don't need an explanation for the scar. No. And it's, if you're... I don't know. It, it was so minuscule. Like I know in the second movie they showed a man with a scar, and I know in the third movie they showed him with the scar. Yeah, sure, fine. It was never a big plot point for me anyway, <laughs> yeah. or a character trait for me anyway. Maybe it is for other people, I guess. But I don't. Well, it doesn't add to the movie in any way. No, but I mean they don't spend. They could have spent more time on. Yeah, they it. they I've don't go other movies. They don't but. go full solo on it. Yeah, you know. Uh, anyway, though, then uh, he oh Sam Worthington oh yeah, <laughs> the Terminator punches him in the heart and kills him. Yes, and then uh, John Connor is bringing him back by basically like a defibrillator. Yeah, yeah, and then John Connor gets stabbed through the heart. Which was very shocking. And at some point in the scene, he's setting up bombs. Mm-hmm. And then he gets out with Sam and Kyle and the girl. And the bombs go off and Skynet is blown up. But it's like only yeah. like one branch. Which I understand. Yeah. I understand that. Yeah. I thought it was the whole deal. And then they said, there's still a lot of Terminators out there or something like that. And that's like just that. so they can but, make more movies. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. And then the heart's replaced and the movie's over. And collectively, the world, as well as me, went, woof, okay. Big shrug. Yeah, I... Yeah, it's it's just a weird movie. I The thing I will give it, though, that I... I, I, I think I kind of liked T3 a little bit more. 
But I give this one more credit because they attempted to not just remake Judgment Day. Mm-hmm. Um, so they they at least tried, and I give them credit for that. I like this one better than three. I I think as I was watching it, I said I'm no longer recognizing three. This is the third movie because yeah, this has to be the third movie. Right? Cannot imagine what the next movie's about. But the fur the the more we go, it is definitely becoming clear. Like I, there's no reason for me to rewatch this or Terminator Three. Mm-mm. I'm I have Mm-mm. no desire to do that. No. I'll I'll definitely watch Terminator One and Two again at some yeah. point. But so far not this. And from what I can tell, and and following stuff when it came out, I think we're about to watch the worst one, Terminator oh. Genesis. Okay. Um. And then I've heard mixed things about the last movie. Mm-hmm. So I'm hopeful about the last movie. Um. But Genesis is kind of a reboot slash remake thing. Yeah. So they're kind of just restarting it with another actor who we're going to do a pretty deep dive into. Who? Jai Courtney. Oh. Because we have to talk about... Jai Courtney is kind of like Sam Worthington in a lot of ways. Just a guy that they force-fed down our throats, and we all said, no, we don't like this guy. Um, but yeah, weird, weird movie. I mean, if nothing else, it's weird. Uh-huh. I would... So, s- yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, like seeing Christian Bale in just about anything, so. Right. Well, um, is that all you have for the movie? Yeah. Well, uh, I want to remind you people, even though you heard the ad in here, that I do have my show, um, my Christmas show coming out. Um, I think it's next, or uh, not this Saturday, but next Saturday, December 12th, 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Go to my YouTube Make sure and watch it. Um, go to patreon.com slash Micah McCaw, and you can sign up. You can watch the whole show because some of the songs won't be available for everyone. And you can also get um, this month's episode uh, where we started a new series on our Patreon-only uh, podcast, which is Gremlins. So go listen to that, a very wild and fun movie. And I just want to end on this. Um, charismatic means exercising a compelling charm, which inspires devotion in others. So that's what it oh, means. But I think I understand. I guess when I think of charismatic, I think of, um, I guess in thinking of his character, uh-huh. I don't feel like it's charismatic, but that's because it's the character is a robot. Yeah. And when I think of robot, I don't. Does that make sense? My yeah, like no, my I, disconnect. I get what on, you're saying, it, but I also think that you were yeah. being clear in what you were saying. I was just trying to say that he, as an actor, is just so charismatic that anything he does, I understand. Unless it, you know, it's not always this way, but his iconic roles are just like un- untouchable. Yeah, you know. So, um, thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> um, see, see you, you next later. time. <laughs>